Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another edition of the Curtain Call Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I'm joined with my partner in crime, as usually one, Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Michael. That is good to hear. And You know what? It, it, I mentioned partner in crime, but it seems like we kind of have the same thoughts every now and then, because uh, this week on our podcast platform, um, we both uh, kind of dove into uh, the, the, the Steelers coaching staff uh um, I, I know uh, from, on my side, I was kind of looking into uh, how I kind of hope the Steelers will start hiring some people and uh, really uh, what they should do uh, with the whole Matt Canada situation. So if you guys are interested in checking out the live mic or the cutting room floor, by all means, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them, go ahead and click over after this show and make sure you're subscribed to get all that BTSC content. But uh, Jeffrey, as we sit here right now, the Steelers don't have a defensive coordinator. Uh, they have uh, three external candidates uh, that are all pretty much right around 42, 43 years old. Uh, and then they also have Terrell Austin, who's still kind of considered the favorite for the job. Um, so from that sense, uh, what uh, what do you kind of hope from the defensive coordinator and this uh, coaching staff as a whole? I, I think Terrell Austin is where they're going to end up going. I think he was brought in kind of for that, that job. And... The work he did changing up our secondary, I've talked about that enough uh, in other shows, but he he did a great job with the Steelers secondary. I think he's going to be the choice. Um, and the question is, the question is, who's going to run the pass rush? Because uh, I that was never a strength of Terrell Austin. The only season he had where his teams actually got after the quarterback decently uh, was when he had Ndamukong Sue in Detroit and that, that before he – got hurt and it was just insane that season was, was he was absolute beast uh outside of that season his pass rush hasn't been good so i'm interested to see that or if the steelers are gonna kind of go away from keith butler's pass rush system and maybe not lead the nfl in sacks again for a while yeah it'll be interesting to see how it goes um i i'm not sure w- which way uh, the cookie will crumble personally on this like I, I tend to agree with you like steelers hiring from within is something they always do but in this situation, when all the other candidates are so similar, uh, like young guys that have some uh, like prior defensive coordinator experience uh, or guys that have uh, only been a DC on a team that hasn't been very good, they're all very similar. So like Terrell Austin's kind of the outlier candidate in all of this. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how this plays out because to me, if, if these guys were all spread out in age and kind of uh, spread out in kind of uh, thoughts, then I'd, I'd probably also lean definitely heavily towards Terrell Austin. But I don't know. These these guys are, are different. The, like, they're all similar as candidates, the external guys. But compared to Terrell Austin, it's just not the same. So we'll see. Maybe well, they're thinking. Also, it's, it's going to be a huge shift because the continuity on the Steelers' defense, Keith Butler – joined the Steelers in 2003 before Dick LeBeau returned and took over as defensive coordinator. He he has been a staple of this defense all over. Like since it's got, it got really good there that 2004 season, he was there. He was a part of that. He's been a part of every single defense since he's a, he is a staple on a team that has had a lot of great defenses in his time being here. It, that's it's wherever we go from here, it's going to be a big change. 
Yeah, absolutely it is going to be. And, uh, of course, if you want more uh, debates on uh, the Steelers' uh, kind of coaches, once again, both Jeffrey and I talked about it on our uh, podcast platforms. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from, just search up Behind the Steel Curtain. So we'll let you get more thoughts of that uh, on those uh, two shows that both would have dropped on Tuesday. Now, getting into tonight's show, uh, we, we definitely want to play a, a bit of a game here, and I, I definitely encourage the live chat to also uh, share their thoughts. We, we probably won't be able to have enough time to load too many of them up, but as we uh, go through this kind of discussion here, uh, both Jeffrey and I are going to kind of weigh our thoughts for basically every position on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and whether or not they, they're going to keep it the same, uh, address it through free agency, or they should uh, try to find a replacement through the draft, and how they should kind of wade through the next couple months of the offseason, which... Once again, I've said it, uh, I've been saying it since about week 10. It's going to be one of the craziest off seasons in Steelers history. So there's going to be moves to be made. So it, it is an exciting time, even though they're not in the playoffs anymore. But I, I think first and foremost, the, the position that everyone is going to debate until we're blue in the face this offseason is the quarterback spot. Uh, ben Roethlisberger still technically isn't officially retired, but he also doesn't have a contract. And Mike Tomlin also said they're they're going to work through this offseason with the anticipation of Ben being retired. So I think we can all agree that that one's off the tables. But Jeffrey Benedict, the quarterback position, the most important in basically all of sports. What the heck are the Steelers doing here? Because I feel like really this is the, the, the big chip and that's how everything else kind of falls after they figure out what they do here. Uh, to me, the worst case scenario is the Aaron Rodgers, the Jimmy Garoppolo, the also still an old quarterback kind of additions that the Steelers could have, which if we were a Super Bowl caliber team minus a quarterback, and it was just, you know what, Ben Roethlisberger, his injury, and he was old, and it was so bad that he basically single-handedly held the Steelers back, then yeah, you go for that. You go for that. If this was a championship window year. But when you look at the offensive line, when you look at the problems the Steelers need to address in the defensive line, inside linebacker, you know, uh, even cornerback, I think you need to add. There's a lot of positions you need to add people. This is not a win now. Window is still open, but it's closing type of team. This is a younger team. I understand we've got Cameron Hayward. You know, what? He. it's sad. He's probably not going to win one with us. It's That's just kind of reality at this point. Um, I don't want that kind of investment in capital, in, you know, trading draft picks, big contract money. I don't want to see that for an older quarterback. You find someone in their mid twenties, that'd be fine, but they're, they're all old that we're looking at. So for me, uh, I think I'm looking low level free agent. And then really this position is one you fix in the draft. This is a position you fix in the draft. And I I personally don't think this is the year, but man, if the right guy's there and the Steelers are like, nope, that's our guy, then then you have to go. You have to go for it. Yeah, I, I really do agree with that. Um, it, the Steelers are so flawed. Um, it, just trading a bunch of draft capital for Aaron Rodgers, does that make this team better? Like, like honestly, does it make this team better? No. Like, no. he's still going to be running for his life, and they're, they're just out of draft picks, and they're going to have a quarterback, once again, that's turning 40 in just a few months. So, uh, again, like, yeah, is it fun, like, that kind of pipe dream when you're playing Madden? Of course it is. But, like, that, that's not the reality of the Steelers' predicament they find themselves in. So, I, I really feel like this is probably a year where they go into the season with uh, Mason Rudolph as your starter, Dwayne Haskins as the backup, and that could potentially be it. Um, I feel like the Steelers have really put in a ton of work 
on two quarterbacks in the draft. Um, it, it really seems like they, they've been out to uh, a lot of uh, University of Pitt stuff and Kenny Pickett. Uh, and it really seems like they like, like Sam Howell. Uh, and they, they've been to North Carolina, I don't know how many times this offseason already. So uh, obviously this is, a, this is a big position. Uh, I, if the Steelers draft the quarterback, I, I will back the team. Just be like, they've, they've known this has been coming. So I, I feel like those are the situations uh, we will probably find ourselves in. Uh, again, I, I think this is an offseason where you need to try to figure out your offensive line. Give some r- running holes to Najee Harris and just kind of move forward from there. Now, speaking of Najee Harris as well, and I know we're going to have to kind of burn through some of these. The Steelers running back spot, uh, of course, has one of the best rookie running back in football this year was Najee Harris. They're not going to replace him, but even I had a story drop on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com today about the importance of a backup running back. Now, Jeffrey, are the Steelers okay with just rolling with Najee and Benny Snell and Kalen Balaj again next year? Or uh, what way do you kind of look at the, this running back position? Well, when I obviously Najee Harris is great, you know, and they need to build up the line to take advantage of Najee Harris. Uh, you look at the tight end room. I think the tight end room is perfect for the running backs. Everything's set up except the offensive line. And for me, the way you address the backup running back position is with the offensive line. We have seen the Steelers have great offensive lines that had like guys like Richard Huntley, you know, guys that were nobodies could run well in spot duty and backup duty. They could perform well simply because the line was that good. Hand the ball off, run up. I think Benny Snell behind, you know, like the Alan Fanica lines would have been perfectly fine. And I think if we can get back there again, he'll be perfectly fine again. I'm fine with a with a very low-level investment in a running back for some competition for backups. I don't want to invest resources in running back for a backup. Uh, I'm much more, you know, get the offensive line solved and look and see how the run game goes after that. Yeah, for me, I think the only addition I would look at is what Kansas City got out of Jarek McKinnon, uh, someone that, because uh, he signed midseason, was, they paid him less than vet minimum on the salary cap uh, because yep. he didn't play the whole year. Uh, someone that's explosive, they get the ball in their hand, they could just dart out and basically someone that's different than Najee Harris, someone that uh, if they get in the open field, they're gone. Like Najee Harris is someone that's going to drag guys for yards when he gets the ball. But he, if he's in the open field, he's probably getting caught. He, he's not that speed back. Uh, if the Steelers can find someone that that's cheap, that still has a little bit of, of juice in the tank, absolutely. Heck, it could might even be Jarek McKinnon. He's going to be available. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I think the Steelers, I would still think about looking for someone uh, because of how similar the other body types are and just not as good behind Harris. But uh, obviously that's going to be uh, kind of the huge spot in, in general here is running back to, but it doesn't necessarily need to be addressed. Um, you mentioned tight end and I think we can jump into this one right away. Uh, Eric Ebron's a free agent, but the Steelers still are in place to bring back. Obviously Pat Fryermuth will take a step forward. Zach Gentry and I believe Ken Raider is still a, will be a free agent, but uh, can also be brought back. Uh, what do the Steelers do at tight end, or do they uh, keep things status quo? I think Ebron's gone, uh, and you you go with go with uh, Fryermuth and Gentry, Gentry and whoever is your third. Raider works. Anybody works. You know you can bring in whoever for your number three tight end. Uh, but I think Gentry and Pat Fryermuth are great tandem especially in the offense Matt Canada wants to run uh I, I think they're a great fit and I I think that's a, you stand pat with those two yeah I, I'm standing pat at tight end uh I really like uh Gentry's number two 
I like Raider being able to uh, play special teams and step in and block. Uh, I guess we should also throw Derek Watt out there. Uh, we should touch on the fullback spot. Uh, obviously, he's worth some cash to this team. What, what do you think happens with Derek? I, I feel like because of his brother connection, he's not going anywhere. And his special teams aspect. Oh yeah, but I think I think he's sticking around. Um, I, I I think I think he's pretty much a lock at this point. He's going to stay around. I, I want to throw something in with the tight ends just to say how good this team's tight end unit is right now. Uh, last year, 2020, with Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. They converted 30% of their catches for first downs at the tight end position, which is okay, right? That's about what you expect from, from a decent group of tight ends. This year with Pat Firemuth and Zach Gentry, over 40% of their catches were first downs, which is a really good mark. That's not just a, a guys who are catching dump offs. They are catching, and when they're catching short, they're converting, and they're catching downfield for first downs. Uh, the tight end group is a strength of this team. So when I say like they're sticking with Pat and and Zach Gentry, even if those guys don't improve, which they are very likely to both improve off last season, they are a phenomenal two one two punch at tight end. They're really good already. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly with that. That's one of the spots you don't have to worry about in a sea of a lot of spots you need to yeah. worry about. Before we get to receiver, I, I think obviously probably the, the the group we should probably spend the most amount of time on is the Steelers offensive line. Um, we could probably look at this in a group setting and kind of go down position by position, I suppose. But what do they do here? There's five bodies. How many guys are getting replaced and how do you try to go about doing that? Okay. really quick. Um, let's go through the starting lineup. I'll do this. I'll do this as fast as I can. Dan Moore Jr. Give him another year. I think he has starter capability. You're going to want to have a really good swing tackle in case, he struggles. He has a sophomore slump or something. You're going to want to have someone really good. You're going to want to have three, maybe four tackles, uh, especially if you stick with Chukwuma, but we'll get to him. Kevin Dotson. Love Kevin Dotson. The team is not as enamored with him as I am because the film, the camera, what happens on the field loves Kevin Dotson. Uh, he's he's a, He was a stud and dominated out there this year before he got injured. Kendrick Green. I bump him back. I think he makes a solid uh, backup rotation guy who can be play either guard spot or center. I think you develop him more as that and give him some time. Give him some time to work on his footwork, his hand placement, that stuff. Right guard, I assume Trey Turner is gone. And for me, that's a free agent. You need to – and you can spend some money there. It doesn't have to be a Trey Turner. You can go get somebody good. Uh, I know a lot of teams have money, so that's a that's if there's someone good, it's going to be a competition to get them. If not, you could draft that highly and sign a center. This just one of the, either right guard or center you need to address with serious capital. Um, in free agency, and the other one with serious capital in the draft, I'm okay with Chukwuma Korafor at the other tackle spot. Uh, I'd love to see an upgrade, but being realistic, I think he's he he's number three on the list to upgrade the other, the other two spots take a priority and, and you're not usually going to spend three, you know, you're not going to bring in three high profile guys on the offensive line in the same year. That's very unlikely. So I'm okay riding with him. Uh, a big thing I want to see is the backups. You need the backups to fit the system. And I think Kendrick green sliding back to being a reserve role uh, fits that that works for him. Hassenhauer, John Leglu, they they came in, they were good stories, but they don't fit what this team needs them to do. 
And so I, I think you need to not just put two big investments into the offensive line. You also need to invest a few pieces in the backups, especially tackle and maybe another guard. Now, for me, I think if I'm Kevin Colbert and the rest of the coaching staff, um, looking at the offensive line, I look at what Kansas City did last offseason. Like I heard what you said where you, you can't make all those big flashy moves. Look what the Chiefs did. They Orlando did that, Brown, yeah. Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, uh, the, the the guard from uh, Tennessee, I believe it was. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Kyle Long. They traded away Laurent Duvernay-Tardy. Like, they went from like that being the weakest position group on their team to one of the strongest. They flipped an entire unit on its yep. head. Uh, they lost. They got rid of basically both their starting tackles and Eric Fisher. Uh, and, oh, gosh, uh, Mike Remmers, I believe it was, on the other side. Uh, Austin Reeder was their center. Like, they flipped their line on its head and came back with one of the best in football. To me, the Steelers need to be looking at that model. Like, I'm not saying trading a first-round pick for, for one of your starters – but I am saying spend big money on probably two pieces and then spend probably your first round pick or your second round pick, depending on the other spot. Uh, I, I'm perfectly fine with Dan Moore Jr. getting another year because his trajectory is up. He played better as the year went on. He can continue to start for this team, and that's fine. Left guard, I, I'm I'm fine with giving Kevin Dotson another shot. I, like, I, I know he's been good on tape. I know the coaching staff doesn't like him for whatever reason. Uh, like uh, those reports of him being out of shape that I bet you someone did in fact say that. And I bet you the team did view him as that heading into the year. And then he was, he was hurt for a good portion of time as well. Aside from that, Kendrick green, he's probably steps into my BJ Finney role, your interior three backup. Uh, and really that's kind of like, like, I'm sorry, but like that, that might be his ceiling and then just hope he gets better from that, from that position and perhaps uh, chase some guys center guard, right guard right tackle, I'm looking at replacements at, at all three spots. Uh, I, th I think this is a team, something the team desperately needs. Ideally, you probably look for a veteran center, but unfortunately, like the top centers that are available are all, all over 30. The Steelers don't sign people over 30. Go ahead, Jeffrey. I have a quick question because you've been an offensive lineman. You I are an been. offensive line coach. The Steelers are going to be bringing in a new offensive line coach. If you're going to do that kind of turnover – is bringing in a brand new guy, is that kind of the situation to do it in where say, okay, he doesn't know any of these guys anyways, it, so it doesn't really matter. You can bring in a completely new group of guys, give it to a new coach, or does that lack of continuity make the continuity you have on the line right now more important? Which would you say, which would you lean towards? Honestly, I'd say in this situation where you're replacing three-fifths of your offensive line, to me, uh, you probably you're probably more than fine starting over again because they can build that continuity together. Start from scratch. Uh, there aren't two guys that are way ahead of everyone else uh, when they're all trying to build those basic schemes. But again, these guys are pros. They've been playing these types of foot. Like the only thing that would be different is probably the communication, the verbiage. Um, so from there, you can kind of build it together throughout the group and the new guys on your team rather than just keeping it the same and then uh, forcing the other guys to learn learn it all on the fly um again though these guys are professionals so i i think it really wouldn't matter because it, it's their job it's what they do nine to five it's more than that it's what they do probably five to nine uh really <laughs> when you look at it but uh no i i i really think um 
just getting the right person in is the most important part. Uh, if they think that's Chris Morgan, then then beautiful. Uh, if Mike Munchak's uh, available in Denver because they don't have a head coach, the heck yeah, come back Munch. Uh, one of the best offense, if not probably the best offense line coach in the game. Uh, so yeah, no, like moves like that, I would be huge on. Um, so to, before we kind of move out to receiver here, if the Steelers were to bring in three new guys, like looking into addressing like three starting spots in your ideal world, say one of them is the first round pick. What spot would you want your rookie to be in it? Center, right guard, right tackle. Where would you prefer to have the rookie? Well, if, if it's, a, if I can pick the guy, I'll take center. I think we all, you know, everyone wants for, Tyler Linderbaum, of course. Yeah. Linderbaum is, is that dude. Uh, if I'm looking at that without that kind of thought process, just looking at it in a vacuum and saying, which possession would I prefer to have a rookie in? I'm going to go right guard. I'm going to go, go right guard and say, you know, give them, get a good veteran center, get a good veteran right tackle, put a rookie in between them and, and let them like ease the kid in. Uh, like we saw early on in the run game, Kendrick Green before Dotson got hurt, Trey Turner and Kendrick and Kevin Dotson kind of made life easier for Kendrick Green. And he actually looked like he was getting better simply because he, he was passable like he was all season. You know, he was kind of all right, uh, but he had great run blocking beside him. And when that went away with Kevin Dotson getting injured, Kevin Kendrick Green looked terrible. The rest of the season just looked awful. So for me, I, I like two veterans around uh, an interior, around a rookie. So, yeah, I'd go right guard. But, man, if Blinderbaum is there, that's your that's the move. Oh, if, if, if the Steelers didn't take him, I would I'd start a right. I, I'd be, yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd, – I'm from Vancouver. There'd be a, the yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, what, you it's do. what we do. It's in my blood. You'd be like, guys, a sports thing's happened. They'd be like, yeah. Why am mad about happened. it? Flip the cars. Uh, anyway, uh, if yeah, if Linderbaum is there, that's like Marquis Pouncey. That's a day one. Like your offensive line just went from like below average to one of the better units in football. Like his impact will be that for whatever team he is on. And one of the things that's kind of sickening, I, I've seen a, a few mock drafts already. It seems like the teams he's mocked most to now are like the Browns or the or the Ravens or the Steelers. Or the Bengals. It seems like whatever. It's always the AFC North teams that like yeah. his name's. Been. Like I know it's mock drafts and none of that really matters, especially this far out from the draft. But whoo-wee. Uh if he, oh my god, if he ended up, the Bengals, Bengals, the Bengals don't have any extra picks this year, do they? I don't think so. But they also have like sixty million in cap space. I know. I just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't want to see the Bengals get him. Yeah, me neither. Uh, at I, all. As long as they're behind us, then that means we pass on him. So no, absolutely not. Now, kind of slotting out to receiver now, I think this is also kind of a position where it's interesting. Things are up in the air. James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster are free agents. You still got Deontay and Chase Claypool. Uh, I believe Ray Ray McLeod is also a free agent. Uh, yeah, and that's really it right now. Uh, the Steelers just have like Deontay and Chase and then like, uh, I guess Anthony Miller, technically, who the Steelers never gave an opportunity to all year long, which baffled me. Uh, he he was a guy with talent that never never cracked the field, but Cody White would. Again, uh, I guess it's a special teams thing, but baffling to me. What do the Steelers do at, at receiver? Obviously, they have free agents uh, they might want to try to bring back. 
Uh, but uh, with some struggles of the other two, I think they still need to look out for other receivers in some sort of facet. So what do they do at receiver? Well, here, here's my thing. Um, first off, I, I want to kind of, I want to preface this by saying James Washington is like the five eleven version of what people thought expect Chase Claypool to be. Like he's the dude that you throw him to and he goes up and beats somebody to get the ball. Chase Claypool is a route runner. Chase Claypool is a guy who can run away people. He's great on slants and pros. He's never really been a great pure deep threat. Uh, I, I went over that when his college film. I was like, dude, this guy can run every route. He's got all this great stuff. But he's not great on deep routes. Like, like on a go route and it's contested, bring in the ball. He's not a contested catch guy. So for me, that puts Chase Claypool more as like an X receiver. Um, and I I want to see him have a Z receiver. And that's, to me, that's Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, to me, the best offense on this team is going to be bringing in someone to kind of be that, that next receiver there at, at the Z spot. I, I obviously I'm leaving someone out here intentionally. I, I think one of the problems this team has is uh, Deontay Johnson is a really good number two receiver who fits our number one spot. And that's kind of a problem. I, I don't want to get rid of him. I just don't know what to do with both him and Chase Claypool because they it's like they both thrive in the same kind of role. And I, I'd like to see Chase Claypool move to the X. I'd like to see Deontay Johnson become a slot receiver. And I think the Steelers want to bring in a wide receiver this year. I think you let James Washington go. If you can re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster, you do it. And then you bring in someone who is fast and an actual deep ball guy. Uh, Chase Claypool is a really good receiver, but he's not a deep, even though he's tall. Everyone like looks at him like, oh, he's super tall. He's a deep threat. Not really. He's really not that guy. Uh, he, he's he's the kind of guy that's a possession receiver. He can break big runs, but he is not a pure deep threat. So for me, I, I, I'd i love to, again, like if you could bring in like a Larry Fitzgerald, I'd love it. But to me... You know, you know, I'm on that train until he retires. And even after he retires, maybe we can talk him out of it. Uh, but I, I would like to see another draft pick, third, fourth round, something like that, second if they're really good. Uh, and let James Washington go. Try and keep Juju Smith-Schuster if you can. And have a pretty good group. I think that's a pretty solid group for a young quarterback to step into, especially with the tight ends and run back, running back we have. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting spot. Um, I know I say that often, but man, receiver, it could go a number of ways here. I, I know there's been reports of Juju uh, kind of liking the idea of going to Kansas City. I've seen that from a few different spots, and I know that's something we talked about in our uh, BTSC group chat. So it'll be it'll be one of those things to monitor. Like if you lose Juju, I think you have to go out and get a veteran. Uh, I think that's one of the things we saw when Juju got hurt. Like th- th- this is still like a pretty young receiving core that have yeah. that, that they've been without a veteran. Like Antonio Brown was kind of the veteran guy for a while and he's, he's batty, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, the, the last true like veteran receiver that was that actually made an impact on this team that probably had like pull in locker rooms, probably still Heinz Ward when you think yeah. about it. So I, I, I think the Steelers need to go out and find someone that guys respect. Uh, and, and they haven't done it. Um, I, I really think they need to go out and get a veteran. 
And I, I also agree that they probably should draft someone again this year because guess what? Next year, Deontay Johnson's a free agent. Like all these guys are coming up off the books like year after year here. And then the year after that, it's Claypool's turn. So yeah, I think the Steelers need to sign a veteran. Uh, hopefully not, not someone necessarily too expensive, but they need a vet. And I think they need to draft someone, uh, especially if they lose Juju. Would you, yeah, I'm saying, would you count Juju as that veteran if he stays? That'd be year six. It would be. Um, I, I would have to say yes if he stays. Okay. I, I think you're okay then, uh, and, especially especially because he, he's kind of looking for like a four-year deal, I believe it is. And lastly, last question. I know we've gone through the whole offense here. Uh, I had this question asked to me by someone on Twitter. I don't remember what his name was, but it was a great question to, in my opinion. With Ben Roethlisberger's go- gone, who's your captain on offense next year? Wow. that It's Juju if he's back. Yeah, that's that was my answer. Juju, if he's back, if not, um Najee, maybe, but he's not like very vocal. Like honestly, like yeah. who? Pat Farmuth? Like it's no one on the old line right now. You imagine Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins as team captain? Like oh, that God. doesn't uh it, it, it's not Deontay. Like I, I, I don't even know what his voice no. sounds like. Um yeah, honestly. L- l- you know what? Live chat. Uh I- I'm interested to see what you guys think on this as well. Um Without Big Ben and say Juju signs elsewhere, what the I, a free agent? Oh man, that is that is honestly a brutal question. That is hard yeah. to wrap my head around. But um, we are starting uh, to see that time tick away here, so we should flip over to the defensive side of the football and let's start things off with the defensive line. Of course, there's kind of reports coming out that Stefan Tuitt uh, he's put his Pittsburgh house up for sale. Um, things uh, I, I wouldn't I, I hate to to like speculate at all, but things aren't looking particularly, particularly well for him returning. So what do the Steelers do across this defensive line? That's uh, kind of been snake bitten with injury and we'll have Tyson Alualu back, but it looks like uh Stefan to might not be. Okay. If Stefan to is back, he's back. If he's not, you take that $9 million a year that he's getting and you bring in a free agent for around that same amount. You go and you get a top-line free agent to fill his spot, and then you go out on top of that and you draft a defensive lineman in the top three rounds, preferably round one or two. Uh, obviously, if, if Linderbaum's there, if he's not there, I'm going defensive line. If, if there's someone there. I, I haven't even looked at this draft class yet, but I want a high-end defensive lineman uh, to get in there to learn from Cam Hayward. Tyson Alualu is old. Imagine, imagine this year if, if we kept if Tyson Alualu stayed healthy and Cam Hayward got hurt. Like this would have been like even worse. Like so, if you go into next year and you think, oh, Cam Hayward and Stefan to it, and we'll bring in a you know a veteran, and then Hayward gets hurt, you don't have a defensive line. So to me, you need to get a young guy in there, a young high end talent, and, and start building him up while Cam Hayward's still there to be kind of that mentor and leader. Yeah, it makes you wonder when it comes to vets uh, how close the Steelers were to landing Fletcher Cox at the trade deadline and whether or not uh, that might be something they revisit. Who knows? It's just one of those things to uh, keep an eye on. But, yeah, defensive line-wise, I think they absolutely need to draft someone with uh, one of their top three picks. Um, uh, It's going to be like – it's one of those spots. You need to start looking towards the future, but you also still need to plug in someone right now. So if two is back, beautiful. That That's – that's something I, I'm not anticipating, uh, but uh, would gladly take. And then uh, I would throw in uh, a draft pick still on top of that. So I think you draft someone regardless. But uh, yeah, no, this spot 
is obviously an aging one. You hope uh, Loudermilk takes a step forward. Of course, he's a fourth-round pick. Uh, you're going to hope for a little bit more from him. Who knows with Montrevious Adams and the other guys there, but you still need better quality than what they currently have. Now, kick, let's kick things out to outside linebacker. This is this is a pretty like this one. This one of one of those spots where it's like, what do the Steelers do here? Like, of course they have DJ Watt, arguably one of the best players in all of football. There, they have Alex Highsmith who is improving. Tuska and Charlton look pretty darn good as reserves, like compared to when the Steelers had uh, Ola Denny and Anthony Chicolo. Uh, I know Denny had a, a better year in Tennessee, but like, man, uh, Tuska and Charlton look better than they ever did as backups uh, behind Watt and Bud Dupree uh, years prior. But uh, what the heck do the Steelers do here? Do they try to find another Melvin Ingram type, perhaps one that's not as grumpy uh, um, to uh, be the outside linebacker three, or do they roll with the four names that uh, were at the top of the depth chart? I think they stand packed. I think they stay where they are, uh, go with this group. I Alex Highsmith obviously didn't come through in sacks, but all his other numbers were were up, were were good. TJ Watt is TJ Watt. You don't need, you know, another top guy. You just need people who can hold the line. And I think they already have those guys. I agree. Uh, I I was surprised by how talented uh, and how well Taco Charlton played. And Derek Tuska got better and better as that year went on. Uh, he, I don't know if he'll ever be a starter in the NFL, but uh, Tuska being an FCS player, uh, working his way off practice squad to practice squad, getting a couple sacks in limited playing time. I was impressed by Tuska and what he was able to do as well. So uh, I, I'm fine uh, with bringing back the exact same four uh, at that outside linebacker room. Now, for more linebackers and one that's uh, probably a little bit more of a polarizing position inside linebacker, uh, Devin Bush, of course, he took a step back. He looked like he was uh, still kind of mentally battling through his knee injury. Joe Schobert is on one of the biggest tickets there is in the NFL uh, at that linebacker spot, but it's a very cuttable contract. Uh, Robert Splane, I believe, uh, I don't know if he's a free agent or a restricted free agent, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he is back next year as well. Buddy Johnson, I guess, is also there, but he's a healthy scratch all year long. What the heck did the Steelers do at inside linebacker? I, I think Robert Spillane sticks around. He's a special teams leader. Uh, he's he's like kind of almost like a second special teams captain. Uh, Devin Bush is there. He's got through his rookie contract. They're not going to cut him before his rookie contract. He's cheap until then. Uh, Schobert's got to go. It's too much money. He didn't do enough. Uh, we both last year were talking about the Steelers getting an athletic and aggressive uh, blitzer, a, a guy who can be that physical, aggressive, and athletic presence. And Joe Schobert was none of the above. He is not. He's more of a coverage linebacker without speed. He's like a zone defense kind of guy. He played well, but he wasn't what we need. He wasn't what we need at all at inside linebacker. Uh, to compliment Bush, you need someone big, physical, who can take on blockers because that's not Bush's game. They can slack a bit in coverage because that is 100% where Bush is at his best. So find that guy. If it's Buddy Johnson, sweet. That's awesome. We got it. But I, I think you have to bring in somebody to compete for that position. Uh, UG3, like Marcus Allen, Buddy Johnson, like what are you doing with these guys? Figure it out. Yeah. They Put need some better improve. names in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, to me, this position needs a, a facelift, especially the backups. Uh, I, for whatever reason, the Steelers are, have been 
complacent with backups in, in a few positions that simply just aren't NFL caliber, in my opinion. And I, I've always been confused why they've been just so complacent with letting some of these guys just stick around. I, I know sometimes have been roasted in, in, in years past, like when the Jaguars cut Fournette and seemed like no one wanted him. It's like, hey, well, why can't we pair this guy with James Conner? Uh, and now you see it, him ripping it up in Tampa. But it's like, why not the Steelers sh- should go out and take swings at these cheap, cheap free agents that have gone cut, you know? Um, so at this inside linebacker spot, they really need to not only address that starter spot beside Devin Bush, who, again, I know a lot of people are going to hate this, He's coming off an ACL. He should be better next year. And hopefully, you can only hope he he turns into what he was at that beginning of his sophomore season when he was really dang good. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, probably tend to forget about that because of how poorly he played this year. But you still can't quite give up on him. But again, you need to look for the guy beside him. That's a thumper. Guys that are just going to absolutely obliterate offensive linemen make running backs be scared of uh, looking across the line of scrimmage them. Uh, and then you need backups that can actually step up and play and hit and tackle and, and are, are better than Marcus Allen and Ulysses Gilbert, the third, who wasn't even getting helmets. You know, it, it's just, it's just one of the things that the backups need to be better at that spot. Moving things back to safety. Now, this is, this is one that I, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious in how this all wraps up. Obviously Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be your starting free safety and Trey Norwood will back him up and play that dime spot. But what do the Steelers do at strong safety specifically? Because Terrell Edmonds, uh, Terrell Edmonds, excuse me, is a free agent, uh, combining him with uh, Terrell Austin. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Terrell Edmonds is a free agent. Uh, they, they never really had a true backup behind him. I guess Miles Killebrew kind of played it at times, but he kind of rotated around. What uh, to me, I think I think it's a no brainer that you bring Edmonds back if if uh, if he's thinking like pretty relatively uh, decent numbers. But uh, what do you do at strong safety? Absolutely bring Terrell Edmonds back. I think he's more valuable here than he's going to be elsewhere. So I think we can get him uh, for a decent contract and he'll be great here. He, this year, turned the page, right? We saw him, his rookie season, play more of a role that was fit for him. His 2019, he had to extend, he had to stretch himself and play, do do more things. And he wasn't good, especially in deep coverage. Uh, 2020, he got better. 2021, he became an asset in deep coverage. You look at all the things that defense was wrong with our defense. They did not give up long pass plays like other teams did. If you look at like 20-yard-plus pass plays, Steelers were towards one of the best defenses at preventing big gains, and that had everything to do with the two safeties, not just Minka, but Terrell Edmonds as well. And they felt comfortable enough with Terrell Edmonds deep that a decent amount of the time they played Minka Fitzpatrick forward and in the box to take away those cross routes, to take away post routes, to jump under things, take away the middle of the field, and they trusted Edmonds deep, and it worked out. He wasn't getting burned. So for me, that's a no-brainer. Bring him back. Minka Fitzpatrick, no-brainer. Bring him back. Trey Norwood is a good, solid backup. Free safety. Miles Killebrew did get some time in some interesting positions. I I think they're good safety. I think it's good. Yeah, um, especially with the chem, I, I feel like spots that you need the most chemistry in football, aside from quarterback and your receivers, are the DBs. They need to be able to yeah. play off each other and know where each other are at any given time. Uh, so I, I think his chemistry with Minka and the other uh, corners on this roster, you bring back uh, Terrell Edmonds. Uh, and that's a move I'm making uh, a, a good deal of the time. Now to kick things out of corner, uh, this this again, this is going to be probably a bit of a shakeup. 
Uh, I know, I believe you wrote an article on why they need to keep things pretty much status quo at the position, but what do they do with Joe Hayden? What do they do at the slot? Who's the starter uh, at the other outside corner position? Is it Cam Sutton? Do they bring back a killer Witherspoon? What the heck do the Steelers do at their corner spots? Because it seems like everything is up in the air. I keep Sutton. Uh, I don't think you're going to get better for his price range. I think he's a good number two. And in our defense, uh, if some other things get solved, he's going to be fine. Uh, Joe Hayden, man, I, I would hate to lose Joe Hayden, the leader he has become, his intelligence on the field. But we also saw towards the end of the year, he's not the same guy physically. And it's unlikely at his age he's going to get that back. To me, if he's coming back, it's kind of the Deshae Townsend role. You're, you're sitting there saying to Joe Hayden, you're not a full-time outside cornerback anymore. You, you know, I, I like Akella Witherspoon, but I'm I'm putting a name in the hat there. I'm putting somebody big in there. Probably a, a, a – I'd love to say a draft pick, but at this point I've already assigned all of those. You know, I've got the first three rounds covered. I can't say bring in a top-tier top cornerback with your fifth-round pick. They're also bad at drafting corners. We should throw that out there as well. Oh, I, I'm not willing to give up on that yet. Uh, bring in somebody. I'm, I'm probably free agency. If Joe Hayden leaves, bring him in in free agency. If Joe Hayden stays, to me, you still need to bring someone in. You have to. The nickel spot needs to be upgraded. You can't do this. Arthur Millette's in the slot in nickel, and then he's out in dime. And Trey Norwood's in in dime, but he's not in in, in nickel. And Akella Witherspoon comes in and plays outside in dime, and Sutton slips in, but he doesn't play. Like you can't. That's that's not a real secondary, right? That is that is Terrell Austin, Mike, and you know Mike Tomlin and and Dick LeBeau, not Dick LeBeau, Keith Butler. You know, making it work when you don't have the pieces you need. I think they did a great job of disguising and covering up for some people that didn't have full skill sets. Uh, I hope we see some growth from Trey Norwood. I hope we see a bounce back here from James Pierre. But you've got to bring in somebody. I honestly, I want to see James Pierre get a shot at Nickelback. I think that is where his skill set fits and not outside. I don't think he's an outside corner at all in the NFL. He just doesn't have the foot speed for it. Just like pretty much is where Joe Hayden's getting to now is where James Pierre is already. Like, the, like you're just not fast enough to really be a reliable outside corner. Yeah, I, I've already seen a few people throwing out J.C. Jackson in the live chat. Uh, he's probably one of the top free agents of the of the year. But the problem is go here, big. you can go big, but I would, I would almost guarantee he's getting franchise tagged by the Patriots and not going anywhere for a year. That's the yeah. thing with the biggest name free agents with those tags. They probably stay exactly where they are because of the those the, those rules uh, in the in the in the contract uh, ways that are broken down for GM. So I don't really know if there are those giant names in free agency that they can really go chase. But I think I think they need to sign someone outside the organization. I think you try to bring back a Kella Witherspoon if he wants a lot of cash. I'm not willing to do that though. Like he had yeah. like five good games that he strung along at the end of the year after being a healthy scratch for 11 weeks. And I know a lot of people want to be like, oh, he, he was added before week one. Like, like calm down here. But, like, no, like at the end of the day, he's still a corner. Corner play is still just corner play. Like, cover one is still cover one. Man is still man. 
Like there, there really isn't too much different, especially because he, he came from uh, San Francisco and Seattle, where they they both play very complex uh, zone match type schemes uh, and like a lot of thinking that you're going to be doing uh, as much as you possibly can as a DB. You're going to do in San Fran and Seattle, and then bumps out to Pittsburgh. It shouldn't be any harder for him to pick up the scheme. So I'm pumping the brakes on giving him a big deal, but I do want to bring him back for a, like a, an extended audition. I'd say. Um, Again, when it comes to the draft, I am hesitant now. Anytime the Steelers take a corner, like I, I just look at Justin Lane, uh, or like really just name name corners from the last fifteen years of yeah. draft classes. That they've just been so bad. So I, I'm staying away, especially because they have so many holes when it comes to the draft. So yeah, we'll sit back, we'll see how that goes. But before we run out of time here, I think we should also kind of mention uh, the special team spots. Uh, punter, kicker, long snapper. I know they re-signed Christian Kuntz. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be back. Uh, Chris Boswell is probably not going anywhere. Uh, but uh, there's probably some some reason for debate at that old uh, punter position, which we thought we might be done talking about after the draft this past year. But here we are talking about punters once again. What happens there? I think Presley Harvin sticks around. Uh, we saw it there. He had some a crazy, crazy personal life year going on yeah. uh and and punter almost anything can mess you up it's a game of fractions of inches on how a ball hits your foot like that's if you're not if you're not if you're even the remotely this remotest bit distracted you know and not focused that's that's going to mess you up i think he sticks around um i think they give him a, another year he finished that that playoff game man he was the best thing going when we had the ball was our sad, but the best thing we had going was our punt, uh, our punt team. I, I like him, uh, and I also want to point out again that any punter that comes in and deals with Danny Smith very long uh, starts becoming inconsistent. Like that kind of shows up. I don't know if it's the way they approach the game. I don't know what it is, but any punter that goes through Pittsburgh and Danny Smith ends up inconsistent very quickly. So don't don't get excited about people coming in and, and their first game here. They kick great. Uh, Presley Harvin looked great until you know Danny Smith got to coach him for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah my God, like the preseason. <laughs> you, want, you want me I to rag on a coach? If people are like, you always defend the coaches. Yeah, talk to me about Danny Smith. Hey, the Steelers really have never had like creative special teams. So like they've had good special no. teams players, but yeah, like I, I feel like if they're going to replace any other coordinator, I, I'm taking Danny Smith uh, like a hundred times out of a hundred over Matt Canada right now. Uh, it's time for a change there. They need to do something different at special teams. But anyway, uh, we are uh, kind of uh, getting out of time here. So Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug for the people? Yeah, we got uh, Dave Schofield and I have a Vertex coming out, I believe, tomorrow on Kevin Dotson and the offensive line. I, I got some good film clips for you showing just what he means in that inside and how he creates havoc that allows guys around him to have an easier time succeeding on the offensive line. I'm a huge Kevin Dotson fan, uh, and you should be too. Basically, that's 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 my story. Yeah, good stuff. Now, um, of course, uh, BTSC is going to wade through the rest of the playoffs here, uh, getting more of our thoughts out on. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I saw you roll your eyes, but that division round, that was some of the best football I've ever seen. And uh, I think that uh, goes to show how far away the Steelers I, see, I, are. I like when teams play this thing called defense. 
Yeah, I sure. actually enjoy watching teams play defense. Uh, that Buffalo-Kansas City game was awful. People can say it was great football. It was awful. Well, I mean, like, the defense has just got dead tired with the last, like, yeah, once they, they hit the two-minute warning. They, they had nothing left. They, they, no one could stop anyone at that point. Yep. It was it was dumb. I don't I don't enjoy that. I, that's fair. That's totally fair. As an offensive Drama, player. but not quality. It was dramatic, but it wasn't quality to me. Yeah. No, okay, fair enough. But still, pretty good football nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> another Super Bowl champion has been has to be crowned. Hopefully, uh, we can all cheer together against our AFC North foe. Uh, hey, go, 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 Aaron NFC. Donald. Yeah, go you Aaron know, Donald. That's what I'm cheering for. Yeah, LA me Rams. too. Go, to Aaron yeah. Donald. Yeah, I uh, I think if, if I'm pulling for anyone, the, the rest of the way out, it'd be LA. Uh, don't want San Fran to get to six. Uh, I'm sick. Of, I don't. I don't want to see the Chiefs in another Super Bowl. And you know what? I would kind of love for the Bengals' first uh, actual playoff ride to end in heartbreak in the Super Bowl. That might just make me fe- feel tingly on the inside. <laughs> but uh, wow, yeah. Well, I have Matt Sorry, Stafford to like the last minute drive to beat them, be like, or, or just keep the snot out of them the whole game. It's just not close. Yeah, just well, Aaron Donald versus Both. that offensive line with Joe Bur- Joe Durrow would be done. <laughs> Aaron Donald It'd probably be... wins MVP that game. But anyway, we're going on a tangent. and We're out of time. So okay, sorry. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, you should be doing that. You should also be clicking over to wherever you get your podcast to get some more stuff from me and Jeffrey Benedict and Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Just search Behind the Steel Curtain wherever you get your podcast. So once again, uh, on on behalf of my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. (laughs) 